0: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online, so you can access it from anywhere in the world. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist with no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you, got, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from an office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% of your first month at betterhelp.com slash how to survive society. That's better H E L P dot slash how to survive society. Hello survivors. This is your girl Abby Ayola Williams and you're now listening to how to survive society. How to survive society Is a weekly podcast that features survivors. These are people that have been through the ringers in life. They've been through hell and back, but they choose to stay positive. They choose to win. They choose to thrive and they choose to survive. So let's get right into it. Hello, survivors. This is your girl, Abby Ayala Williams. And thank you for listening to another episode of How to Survive Society. So, today we have Cassie. She's one of our guests for today. And Cassie was in the army. And she's going to tell us about her experience and how she survived that. And um, just talk about herself. And hopefully, you get to take. Some pointers away from her life and see how you can help yourself if you're trying to survive something or you're going through something so just learn and listen so Cassie, please introduce yourself
1: yeah uh so I now live in Richmond Virginia uh, in the u s um I joined the military a long time ago uh two thousand and one before the September eleven terrorist attacks um. um Yeah, I always kind of give that disclaimer because things politically in the U.S. shifted so much after that point. So I think it's kind of a key part of my story that I enlisted in a peacetime military. I thought I would serve stateside. Um, Females hadn't ever really been in direct combat up until the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, And so I enlisted when I was 17. I deployed when I was 19. Um, I was wounded in a roadside bombing in 2004 while I was in Baghdad, and uh, the last, gosh, almost 20 years since then has been learning to continually live and evolve with uh, post-traumatic stress, a traumatic brain injury, um, and some joint and nerve damage from that bombing. Um, And nowadays, I host a podcast called The Pursuit of Evolution, and I talk about... um, dealing with life-changing events with when the world kind of dumps us on our butt how we pick up the pieces and figure out what's next
0: wow oh my gosh but okay I (laughs) okay when you were in uh, wow okay so what happened before like the bombing like what what were you doing before that even happened and when it happened what like What was going through your mind? Like, how did you even feel about that? Like, oh my, I can't can't imagine like going through that. Oh my gosh.
1: It's funny because when I think about the story now, it feels like watching a movie. Like it doesn't even feel like my own life anymore. Um, But in the moment, we had actually been in Iraq for uh, about 11 months. At that point, we were on our, we were getting ready to go home Like we knew the orders were coming down any day for us to go home. Um, And my unit, we were rebuilding the Baghdad Police Department was kind of our overall mission. Uh, And personally, I worked as a turret gunner. So the person that stands outside the top, through the roof of the truck with Mm -hmm. the big guns, that was my job. And we'd had a pretty regular day. We had done some convoy security and taken um some equipment to the airport to ship back to the US and we were headed back to our base for dinner and i just remember one minute we're cruising along and the next minute we're just in this like cloud of dust and debris and i remember literally having to stop and think and i was like wait did we just oh my gosh oh gosh we just got hit only the words mm-hmm. in my brain were a lot more explicit than that and it was this yeah. like I was afraid to look down into the truck because I was afraid of what would happen. what might've happened to my driver and my team leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked down, they were okay. Uh, and um, so we very carefully, like there's so much debris in the air. We couldn't see past like the hood of the truck. And we knew we had two more trucks in our convoy ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And so we creeped forward until we could see, until we got out of the cloud of debris and our other trucks were already further up the road waiting for us. And all of this happened in a matter of seconds. But in my brain, it feels like this like five-minute mm-hmm. slow-mo thing. Yeah. And in the moment, there's so much adrenaline and you're so focused on staying alive that reflex kicks in and my job was to look for any sign of my of who might have detonated that um to make sure nobody tried to shoot at us while we were like our truck was disabled like i just went into work mode and mm-hmm. stayed in work mode it took about an hour for us to be able to finally get picked up and taken back to base two of the trucks had damage we had to get tow trucks in um and it wasn't until we got back on base and i walked into my room and I dropped all my gear and I just burst into tears because all of a sudden it hit how mm. serious that situation was, how close we came. Um, and I didn't realize that I had been hurt until like later that night when the adrenaline started wearing off.
0: Oh my gosh. So what w- what was the injuries that you sustained during, during that time? Like, uh, oh my God. Oh.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I have what they refer to as concussive injuries. So there was no shrapnel. There was no blood. That's how I didn't realize I got hurt. Um, Basically, in a blast that big, the force, the air pressure is so strong, it knocked me down. And I ended up um, separating my shoulder and damaging the nerves through my left elbow wrist and shoulder and then years later i was diagnosed with a brain injury um i must have sustained a concussion uh in Mm -hmm. the blast they just this was way back before traumatic brain injury was a common topic in veterans care and so i wasn't screened for a concussion we didn't we missed that until years later oh my gosh
0: i'm i'm happy that um he didn't die that day because yeah. that could easily have been, you know, the last day. So,
1: yeah, it, we had lots of little things. When you go back and look at the whole day, there was mm-hmm. all these little things that played in our favor. And all, all of us walked away from it. There was 13 people in the convoy and we all walked away with just a couple of bumps and bruises. And if any one of a number of factors had been different, The outcome Mm -hmm. could have been so much worse.
0: Wow. So, do you still talk to any of those people from that day, or are you guys friends? Uh, Do you still talk to them?
1: Not really. There's a couple people I'm still like Facebook friends with. We don't really stay in touch, but you know, we kind of spy on each other via Facebook. But um, I deployed with the National Guard, and so there's a really weird thing that happens where we deploy and we spend literally 24 seven. I mean, I shared a room with the guys that I worked with. I spent 24 hours a day for over a year with these same dudes. Mm -hmm. And then you come home and you go back to your real life. Whereas Mm -hmm. like active duty, you still work with these people after you come home. Um, But in the national guard, we all go back to like regular life. I went to college, the guys went back to work and Mm -hmm. everything just kind of Devolved. We just didn't really stay friends once I was out of the service.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so I was living with um PTSD. Like, is you know how like in the movies they they make it look like you know it's you have like a ringing in your head. You know you can't mm-hmm. see. Um, you, there's thoughts going through your head. You know, like is that what it feels like, or like can you please explain what it is to? What PTSD yeah. is? Yeah.
1: That's a great question. I've never been asked it quite that way. And I love that. Um, my my master's is also in mental health. I worked as a therapist for a while. So I have this mm-hmm. and a fun experience of being able to see it diagnostically and also have lived it. Um mm-hmm. early on, the best description I can think of is like constant static, constant white noise in your brain. This Uh like everything made me anxious. And like my job, the whole deployment was to watch for every situation that could get us killed and make sure we didn't end up in that situation. And that manifested in the PTSD. And so in real life, my brain was looking at everyday situations and I constantly see, well, this goes wrong. We could die. If this goes wrong, we could die. Like Uh I can't. I couldn't for a lot of years trust that I was going to get through each day alive. And so there's mm. this overwhelming anxiety all the time. There's this constant assessing. They refer to the hypervigilance where you're uh, assessing all of the um, looking at everything going on around you and trying to evaluate what's safe and how do you get out safely if something bad happens. And all of that becomes this noise in your brain. And it's just never quiet because you're just constantly running through all of this all the time and it becomes exhausting it can become mm-hmm. to me anxiety and depression can actually become like physically painful after a while your brain gets so overstimulated that your body can't keep up either um mm-hmm. and it just it was overwhelming for a lot of years wow well
0: i'm glad that you able to um find help and also help people so for somebody um, that's living with ptsd and can't really um, get help or find help like where do they even start to to ask for help
1: the biggest two of the biggest things for me were one is finding the support people that i could Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's been a therapist. Sometimes that has been a best friend. Sometimes that has been my family. Um, Nowadays, it's my husband. He's amazing in managing my anxiety. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so having those support people and understanding enough about yourself and your symptoms so you can ask them specifically to help you. So my husband has learned what triggers my panic attacks and Mm -hmm. he can intervene right away. And I had to teach him for me when I'm having a panic attack, I like to be squeezed really tight and just hold him Mm -hmm. safe. Um, Mm -hmm. Other people don't want to be touched. And so like Mm -hmm. I had to teach my husband, like, if you see this, please do this. And that has been huge. And so knowing how to ask the people around Mm -hmm. you for the things you need. Um, And then the other tool as a more internal tool and for the times other people aren't around um my number one thing was i, I referred to it as baby steps mm-hmm. and so like in the deepest darkest of my depression i made a deal with myself that every day i needed to get out of bed and take a shower and it didn't matter if i put on the same dirty pajamas if i got up took a shower and went right back to bed i allowed myself to celebrate that day as being successful and that got easier and easier. And so then it became I'm going to shower and put on jeans and then I can go back to bed. And then I'm going to shower and put on jeans and go out for a drive and then go to the store. And so, but through all of these baby steps, I could slowly rebuild trust in myself and trust in the world around me uh, by just taking things as tiny as they needed to be and letting myself self-celebrate that as a win instead of seeing myself as a failure because I could only do so much. Hmm.
0: So those are great tips, really, really great tips. So let's say um, someone is out there, right? And they're having like suicidal thoughts because of PTSD Mm-hmm. And they feel like there's no hope for them and there's nothing in this world for them anymore. So how can someone like that um, start to gain hope and not kill themselves? Like, how, how can someone get off from that mental um, mm-hmm. place in their head? Like, okay, you know, there's hope. Like, how can someone gain hope again if you're going through, suicide? if you're having suicidal yeah. thoughts?
1: Yeah. At first, I'm going to say reach out and have somebody help keep you safe. Sometimes we just need somebody to physically intervene and sit with us, and that's okay. Um, For the kind of bigger picture, again, it's those baby steps. It's finding little things to celebrate and count as a success, finding little things that spark a little bit of joy, whether that's scratching your dog behind the ears. I, this is a weird one and I'll admit it cause it makes me feel better, but my dog, I love the smell of my dog's feet. They smell like Fritos. And <laughs> sometimes when I'm just in a really rough spot is like snuggling with him and smelling his feet. And I don't know, it makes me feel better. And, you know, and so like, I, I think we put this pressure on us that it needs to be fixed all at once. And so the point being to kind of relieve relief that pressure and find the tiniest little things to hold on to. And it might be minute to minute, but it absolutely can get better. Um, but I think really at, at that level, we really do need outside support. And then on those times where we're alone is really finding each tiny little thing we can hold on to pull us from one minute to the next.
0: Hmm, that, that's. I like that <laughs> that just find something or somebody or something to help you yeah. to stay grounded pretty much yeah yes, exactly I, yeah that that that's a good one because I know sometimes like um when you're going through it right it's just like you you don't see a way out <laughs> like yeah the, it, go ahead
1: It's really easy to look at like, oh, my life is going to be like this forever. And I can't do this forever is don't worry about forever yet. Just worry about surviving this minute because I, every, every emotion, good or bad, every emotion is temporary. And so if you can just hold on through that lowest low, it'll pick back up at some point. And while you're feeling a little bit better, you throw in all of those outside resources and supports that you can and the next time, hopefully the low isn't quite as low, but like everything is temporary and just hang on.
0: Hmm. That's that's a good advice. So would you, what, now I'm going to talk about weather, right? Does mm-hmm. the weather um, play a part in like your mood? Like, does it help you feel like, let's say you live in a tropical place. Mm-hmm would you, do you think somebody that's going through p t s d will have like a better mood because they're in the tropical place, or do you think mm. if they were in like a a place like Canada where it's like winter <laughs> like nine months out of the year <laughs> right it can
1: it can definitely take its toll um I actually grew up in Montana and where it's winter like nine months out of the year, and like it can be hard, and I have found especially now that we live on the East coast, like rainy days when it's gray and you're just stuck at home, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like that for multiple days in a row, row, get me down. But when it's sunny, like I'm unstoppable. And so I I think there's definitely a role that it can play and being aware of that and like owning it, like it was rainy here earlier this week or earlier last week. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to just cancel all my work and just watch TV today because it's a crappy day and that's okay. You know, it's going to be nicer tomorrow.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, would you suggest like comedy to, for people that are going through PTSD? So let's say you're getting like, you know, an up- oncoming like headache or anxiety. Like, do you think comedy can help? get you through that or what what do you think
1: yeah i think so uh for me when i first came back to the states so my favorite like genre of movies for a long time was war movies until i went to war and then all of a sudden they weren't good movies anymore and so like <laughs> everything i watched for a long time was upbeat mm-hmm. and sometimes cheesy and like there's definitely, I think it definitely helps. It's hard not to be influenced by what you're surrounding yourself by. That said, I will say there's something for comfort shows also. So like now that I'm f- more recovered, it's less about comedy and more about something that's comforting. And so I re-watch the same TV shows uh, or I re-listen to the same like audiobooks, I replay stuff because I already yeah. know the story so it feels safe. Um, so I think there's something to be said for comfort items as well. Um, kind of in that same genre.
0: Mm, that that makes sense. <laughs> for me, I don't like watching the same thing over and over again. I like because I already know what happened, so I don't like to watch it again. But for you, yeah. it's the opposite. You like to watch it again because you already know what happened, so you you already know that <laughs> that's, yep. that's actually.
1: Wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, spot on. Like that one definitely doesn't work for everybody. But I like my husband teases me because I watch the same like three different series and I just kind of (laughs) rotate between them. And he does not understand it at all. And I'm like, I don't know. It makes my brain feel calm and it makes my brain feel safe. And I stopped trying to force myself to watch new shows when I'm anxious and it works for me.
0: Well, that that's good. <laughs> at least you yeah. find what works for you, which is, which is amazing because yeah. most people, you know, it's, it's hard for them to find what works. So let's say someone's going through PTSD, like, and they want to reach out to you to help them through it. So how can they reach you?
1: Yeah. Best way to reach me is, uh, Instagram. At, it's my handle is Casey.Jordan. Um, or if you want to like find out more about what I do, I also I really love having these podcasts be like the first step of our conversation. So mm-hmm. you can go to Casey dot com slash next. And there's actually three different ways to get a hold of me and to kind of keep this conversation going.
0: Perfect. So before we go, is there anything else you would like the listeners to know um, about PTSD and how they can start to help themselves let's say someone is going through that right now how they can start to gain that hope and just you know self-help themselves
1: yeah i i want to say that recovery and hope is possible and it's out there and to remind folks that none of this is linear and so you might be going along doing really well for even months or even years and mm-hmm. something comes up and just kind of drops you back to your knees for a while. Mm-hmm. It, you're not you're not a failure. You haven't screwed up. Like that's part of living with PTSD. And so put those tools into place again and keep going, um, because I think there is always a next level of better and a next level of recovered. And just to keep keep working through that process because it's absolutely worth coming out the other side of.
0: Wow, that's amazing, so just don't give up on yourself,
1: yeah exactly
0: yes that's that's perfect. so I want to say thank you, thank you so much for coming on and um telling us about your story and just you know just being a great <laughs> person in in total and we thank you for going to Iraq to fight for our freedom, you know because you know how it is in this world <laughs> Yep, know yep. you can get crazy so we we thank yeah. you for your service and um yeah thank you for coming
1: thank you so much for having me
0: you're more than welcome <laughs> big big thank you to our guest for um for today and if you would like to learn more about today's topic please go on howtosurvivesociety.com there you can get um, some life skills courses and some merchandise. And um, contact me if you would like to be a guest on the show. So thank you so much for tuning in, and have yourself a lovely day. Within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So if you ever need help to start your own podcast, reach out to me. And then you know what you can do also? You know, you can follow the link in the show notes in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that. I sent you so you can get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan. And you can also support the show that way. So, yeah. So, if you're looking to start your own podcast, reach out to me. Follow the link under the notes show and you'll be able to sign up and get a $20 Amazon card. Yeah.